episode of Lower After Hours. I'm Man Out in Brooklyn, and tonight we're joined by Jeremy Taché, aka the other JT, aka Jer Bear, not Jer Beer, and aka the man who stands up to Dan a lot, um, which I love. And we're going to talk a little World Baseball Classic as well as preview the 2023 season. So, how you doing, Jeremy? Is that the reputation I'm getting as someone who stands up to Dan? Because if that's the case, I it wasn't on purpose, Dan. I'm sorry. Dan, no, I, we talked about this, I think, in the chat. I like how like yeah. you go after Dan. I mean, you know, not always about the heat being able to shoot, but you know, mostly I like about that. the heat being able to shoot, <laughs> which know. I'm wrong about. So that's okay. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't. No, I think it's good, and, and Dan seems to respect. You know, that mm-hmm. you're willing to like take a stance, have an opinion and have evidence on why you feel that way versus sometimes where he just gets, you know, look it up right. from Stu. And it's like, no, no. Come Bunch on. of yes men around there, you know, <laughs> you just got to <laughs> switch it up every now and then. You, you, I appreciate you, that. You got to get yeah. your lane in there. So I think it's good. Yeah. Well, it's it's awesome to be with you guys. Um, I always love coming on here. I feel like and it might not be the case anymore, but for a while I was one of the uh what would it be just like the most appearances like mm. the uh like i deserve like are. one of those it's like one of those robes you know the snl you know, five timers club yeah, yeah like you, I deserve you need a gold hat a lot. yeah something mm-hmm. Some, something that signifies i'm pretty sure this is this is probably around five so no, by, by my counted. deep count this is your 17th appearance on lower after hours <laughs> because <laughs> because the runner-up mr connor onion from you know espn and the Big Ten Network is a Big Ten or Big Twelve? I never know. It's there's ten. there's like big there's ten. two. Isn't there two Big Tens? I don't. Know. Yeah, there is. No. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we have big two ten. Big Tens, but the Big Ten has twelve teams anyway, so it's below. Yeah, yeah, true. Good point. But uh, Connor Onion, we were telling him, you know, he's he's racing right on up there, and then the beep count put you at seventeen. So I'll take he's, it. He got three, but he's he'll come on after the you know after the final four and everything. So. We'll talk to Lou and Sales to get you a gold hat of some kind. Yeah, I'm into it. I'm into it. I'm into it. I'll rep it on the show. There we go. So, again, thanks for joining us. You know, like I said, we wanted to talk a little World Baseball Classic, give you a couple minutes to sort of talk about what you saw, what you liked, what you didn't like, and, you know, the controversy out there where Americans hate it and everybody else loves it. It's kind of a. It really is so silly, right? Like, it is the most incredible event. I was so. Um, I was moved by it, to be honest. Like, I know that sounds corny, but it was so special to see so many people with so much pride for their individual countries. And like, there was this really incredible camaraderie that existed amongst everyone where like, I was there for, um, and look at me, Louis, uh, I was there for Nicaragua and Venezuela, um, to do a piece for, for Bali. And it was basically just a piece on like how fun this is and how excited everyone is. And it was so cool because we stopped a couple of folks to talk to them who they were there rooting like they were Dominican. They were there for for that game later in the day, but they were going earlier. And and their reasoning was, we don't even care who wins. We just want to make sure everybody has fun. Like it was literally like this camaraderie amongst these Latin American countries of, you know, the Nicaraguan fans were like, we're not going to win. We know it. But that's okay because this is the coolest stage. This is the coolest thing that we get to see all of these incredible athletes. And to have that sort of atmosphere and then to watch the games, like, I mean, it really was like every single game was sensational. Um, even the worst games were still highly competitive. Um, I was there for, for again, 
DR Puerto Rico, but with with Billy and w- with Roy. Um, I sat there with Roy for that one. I don't know if Billy was there for that one, but um, we were there for the the title game again. Look at me, Louis, for the third time. So we the atmosphere and seeing people care so deeply when you know I've been to countless games at Lone Depot Park where there've been 6,000, 7,000, 8,000 people who care deeply by the way. If you're one of those people, you care deeply. Like the like the Marlins fans that are around consistently are like really passionate fans. Um it's just a, a smaller number um in terms of consistently attending games. But when you see that stadium full, when you see it at, at full capacity and people with instruments and doing chants of, you know, singing songs in between innings while plays happening. It was, it was emotional, you know, like it was really, um, it was really special. And I think it sets the stage for a major league season really well. I like that they have it before the season. I know the controversy that exists. I understand Mets fans are upset. Um, but to me, and I, I, I think it's like an important point in, in all of this is like the world baseball classic is only good for major league baseball. Like it, there's no bad for major league baseball in the world baseball classic happening. Even if stars get hurt or what, what have you, it's a major league baseball run event. Yeah. Star, your star power is increasing tenfold. Randy Rosarena became a star on the internet for a couple of days in a way that he has never in his entire big league yeah. career. And he's played and he's played nonstop in meaningful games. He's a guy who's, whose career started with like this incredible postseason, but he kind of became a household name in a way that he wasn't before strictly because he made a really cool catch in the world baseball classic and, and yeah. it had people's attention. And now maybe that guy has some more fans. Maybe that guy has some more followers on social media it seems really been like really simple, but when you're trying to create stars in your game, having a tournament like this where people care so deeply, it's it was really cool. Like it's it's a special uh, it's a special event. Well, especially because baseball has become so local. Anything you do to can make a national or international star is only going to help grow the game. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. When you look at it, uh, looking earlier. Um, there was a, an article, I think, from ESPN about um, how much money Major League Baseball players are making this year. And it talked about the endorsements of of different players. Shohei Otani's making something like $40 million in endorsements this year. The next highest player, I think, was Aaron Judge with $4.5 Right. And that's Shohei. It's, it's probably all international money. Right. Oh, sure. But the but but the more that you make your stars part of an international event like that, right? Like there are people in Japan who watched players on the US team for the first time in that event because they've potentially only paid attention to Japanese baseball before right. and now saw some players on the US team and now care more about major league baseball maybe than they did before. You and know, also, like sorry, no, it also ahead. extends it because um the like Japanese um, fan base will also tune in when a Japanese player is on a major league team. Yep. So when, like in Los Angeles, when we've had the Jap- Japanese pride nights, it is incredible. The amount of people that show up 
to, and we might not even have at that time a Japanese player on right. the roster, but the fact that we've had Nomo and Kenta Maeda and all these other great um, athletes for the organization, they continue to show up. No, and that and that's part of it, right? Like, so with the Marlins, I know they do, and it's the best night every single month when they do this. They do their Heritage Nights, where it'll be Dominican Night or or Columbia Night or um, you know Puerto Rican Night at the ballpark, and those Heritage Nights are the best nights of the season because they bring in the pachanga band and they there's a little bit more flair to what's going on and to me like i man i don't like uh saying things on here anymore because i feel look at me louie again but like (laughs) i said it i asked david on the show last week where i was like like basically saying the marlins need to apply for like whatever waiver it takes to get instruments into the stadium because that type of flair and that type of like international feeling is what makes the game so special. And so, yeah, like, you know, we constantly talk about teams getting guys from their local area. It's not about that. Like you just said, like you can have an international reach and and this tournament only creates that even more. Like you want to watch all of these players. This was the this was great baseball, which is crazy because the season hasn't Grace started. Ball. Yeah, like yeah, great ball. Uh, it, it it was fun, and I, I'm just uh, I'm really grateful to have been able to witness some of it. But more than anything, it's like I just I'm I'm glad baseball really seems to be going in the right direction. Like I'm more energized for this year than I've been in a really long time. Jeremy, in your opinion, what do you think is more valuable? That letter that fell off the great Britain player from his jersey or uh, the home run ball that Randy Rosarina robbed? Oh, man, that's so good. (laughs) Uh, I'll say a Rosarina only because it's like a positive thing. But God, the the A falling off the jersey was so good. And it's like a scarlet letter. And I I just think the symbolism behind that was really wonderful. It it reflects poorly on King Charles. That would have never happened under Queen Elizabeth. Clearly, yeah. You know what? You're so right. Step your shit up, Charles. Come on, Charlie. (laughs) Come on, Chuck. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Chuck. King What's Chuck, up, man. King Chuck, King Chuck. <laughs> Mound around so, the rebound, <laughs> <laughs> Sir Charles. Oh, well done! Wow, well done. wow. <laughs> so, Jer- Jeremy, I've got a question for you. Um, obviously, the World Baseball Classic was was a huge, huge success uh, in in twenty twenty three. Uh, in twenty sixteen. Uh, attendance throughout all Major League Baseball was 73,159,000. World Baseball Classic was in 2017. Attendance actually dropped to 72 million in 2017. Um, I guess this question is more, is this going to be like the World Cup in, um, you know, the, the United States eyes where we only focus on soccer for those two or three weeks out of the, you know, World Cup time and then don't watch soccer. Is that going to be, you know, kind of the, the cadence here when it comes to baseball? We had a great World Baseball Classic, but are we going to see a drop off in that attendance? I, I hope not. Um, I think that it just depends on the way that baseball capitalizes on it. Yeah. Um, it seems like this is really good. It's good timing with the rule changes. Um, and like, it's been cool. Cause I've, I've sort of organically been seeing 
not just people talking about it, but like people sharing the ads that baseball has created about their rule changes with like Brian Cranston and like all these other actors and stuff. And I feel like baseball actually like they're doing a pretty good job here of trying to make people understand like, Hey, we are trying to make the game more entertaining for you. We're making it quicker. We're making there, there's going to be more action. Like we're doing the thing that you've been asking and so please, please watch our sport. Right. And that's essentially what, what's been happening. But when you are coming off of the World Baseball Classic like this, like it, I mean, there's, I've like, I have like actual just friends who I talk to who love sports, who just aren't big baseball fans traditionally, who f- fell in love with the World Baseball Classic in watching it and are like, is, is it going to be anything like that in the regular season? And my answer is, look, no, it's not. But. They're shaving a half hour of the dead time off of the game. So if you're if you're looking for like, is baseball going to be more fun for me? I can give you a reason why it will be. And like Mike Scher said it really, really well, where it's like watching these games with the 20 second pitch clock. It's training your brain to expect action every 20 seconds. Dude, that's so different. That's yeah. so different than what baseball has been. Patino. It ba- actually <laughs> baseball has been like you could look down at your phone and then the inning is over <laughs> like because you can get sucked in and you don't know when the next pitch is going to happen and a guy throws over to first and then he spits and then another guy steps out and like all that stuff is still going to happen in sort of the romanticized way but not in the actual annoying way like guys are still doing the very baseball player things but like being around a couple of spring training games like the pace is crazy there was a game I I went to a game the other day. It was two hours and eleven minutes. That's and it was a really good game with like it was three to two, but there were a bunch of base runners and stolen bases and like it was great. And the idea that that we might be able to get games and it's not going to go like that. That's spring training. It is a little bit different. But if you're getting a great game that's six to five with you know seventeen total base runners and six stolen bases, and it's only two hours and. 38 minutes or whatever like it's a completely different watch to me um and i'm like i'm really excited for it so i'm hoping that baseball could do a good job here and just also get lucky that like there's a bunch of really good games on like sunday night baseball like they there's a little bit of luck that's involved right that when everybody is watching at the beginning of the year that you get a few really good games because if you get nine to two where it's like a rod talking about whatever bullshit a rod wants to talk about, <laughs> like no one wants, he wants that. to talk about himself. Yeah, exactly. So you, nobody wants that. What they that? want is the thing is about it. Michael a is baseball that. game. Oh, God. <laughs> so yeah, Lou Pinella always used to tell me sweet oh. Lou, man, there's nobody in the world with more look at me, Louie than Alex Rodriguez. Have him talk about the Timberwolves. I don't know. For real. No, it's not. Mean. <laughs> I'd uh, rather hear okay, Mike so- Schur talk about the heat free throws. <laughs> Speaking of Mike Schur, have you been able to ask, has Mike Schur named his character Jeremy Baramy after you yet? Oh, man. What 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 uh, is unknown to Mike Schur is how obsessed with Mike Schur I am. Um, and it's kind of weird and embarrassing because so so my cat's name is Moe's, um, which some people know. Uh, and that's like straight up. 
He knows was, too. Jessica told him a couple weeks ago. Yeah, right. No, I know. Before yeah. you went on your rant. <laughs> yeah, but it, and it was also and it was also like I don't think that he really got who it was that was being spoken about because he didn't know everybody who was in there. So I'm I'm not sure he knows, but it was my, so my cat's name is Mose. Um, I read his book. I I have a, a folder in my uh, photos on my phone. That's just important media, Mike Sure, and it's all just like screen caps from shows he's showrun. So it's all like The Office, Brooklyn Nine, because I have to divide these things up. So many reaction gifs and memes from when that was cool on the internet, and I have that. I have a Mike Sure one, I have a John Mulaney one, and I have a Shit's Creek one for everyone who's if we really want to deep dive into the brain of Jeremy. Um, <laughs> Always. So so so. I I'm a big fan. Like I'm a I'm a I'm a pretty big fan, and we haven't actually had any sort of like one-on-one interactions as of yet. Um, so at some point, I'll hopefully be able to tell him that I'm like a weird, creepy stalker fan, and that also I hope uh, Jeremy Baramy was indeed named after me. I have a mug at for a birthday. I think someone got me a Jeremy Baramy mug. Like I, again, it's weird. I know it. Yes, it is. Mike Sure, Miami Mike'd up collision course. Miami Mike shirt up. (laughs) Awesome. You're all weak. Absolutely. Keep it going. You're getting better at those when you're closing like the the podcast Mm -hmm. episodes with your with your puns. It's the progression is there. It's like, oh, if we got another hour, the kid would get it. Thanks. Today, a JT Real Fruto made me real happy today. I was I was really proud of that one. That one actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. That one came like eight seconds late, and there was a couple of things that happened, but I I, I wasn't sure that we had closed the hour or not yet, and so I said it, and because I control the edit, I just put left that it one in together. I was like, I'm gonna leave that one in there. <laughs> Dude, that's a strong in you. That's an executive producer training. There we go. (laughs) Little A-Rod and all of us. Uh, So speaking of the pitch clock, um, how much have you benefited from like, you know, having sleep now? You know, you get home earlier, right? You're you're finding all this time for probably extra activity. You're like, you're saving like two hours, I'm, I'm assuming here. Does it allow you for time to catch up on heat basketball? Like, what are we doing? (laughs) I wish that I could say I had any time to sleep ever. Um, I don't. It's fine. But uh, no, I I think that uh, that's the thing I'm most excited for because legit saving a half hour on 162 games is going to make my entire year different. Like, I, I know it sounds nuts, but it's like that's actually a pretty big impact. And I think that's it's really good for all of us who work in the game. To like, oh, because of these rule changes, now we all just get to work a little less and hopefully for everybody get paid the same. Uh, mm. So I'm I'm real excited about it. Um, nothing. Hashtag really changed new Jer Bear. New me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just think uh, I'm really excited for uh, the idea that like the Marlins games start at, at 640 a lot of the time. So you're going to have a 640 game that might just legit end by nine o'clock. Like, oh, mm. my God. The reason why I ask lovely. <laughs> the reason why I ask this is because like they've moved up NBA games out here on the West Coast from seven thirty just to seven o'clock. And Jeanette and I went to see Pau Gasol's retirement jersey uh, a few weeks ago. And I think Look I said that. Right. Yeah. And um 
I noticed, I was like, man, I'm home before 1030. And it used to feel like sometimes I was getting home, like good. closer to midnight. And I was just mm-hmm. like, ugh. You it's know? nice. It's nice. Well, and that's, I mean, that was like, I know a lot of baseball teams have done the same thing, but like the Marlins entire strategy was like, hey, we want to market toward families. So they moved their Saturday night games up from seven to seven ten to six ten, and then they moved all their seven ten weekday games to six forty. And just that half hour is like a pretty big difference. And so now that they now cut another half hour off the game, where it used to be, hey, a seven ten game you weren't getting out of there until like ten fifteen, ten twenty, ten thirty. Now it's a six forty game, and you might be done by nine nine fifteen. Like it, it it's mm-hmm. really a different thing. I think for for the consumer and especially like it, it makes a huge difference i i think and like it's not probably going to reflect much in the attendance numbers unless they're good but like i i am thinking specifically with the marlins like it makes a difference for people when you're you're driving down to little havana that is like a really tough area to get around just in terms of traffic like the idea that you might be out by 9 nine fifteen instead of 10 o'clock it does make a difference in terms of whether or not if you're somebody from Broward, if you'd want to go down because, you know, you can get home a whole hour earlier potentially. So I don't know. Some of those things do make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And, and, and they have to, because it's just like, you're going to get that extra sleep. Honestly, for me, I wouldn't get that extra sleep. It's just the possibility, like the potential to have the extra sleep. thousand percent. I'm not an actual extra sleep person. I'm like a, Mm -mm. Oh, I'm done working by midnight. I'll just stay up till two relaxing. <laughs> yeah. You need some Jer Bear time. There is no Jer Bear time, but that's okay. It's all right. It's all filled with work and that's okay. Cause I love it. I had, I had one last question in here. Did you go to that food event with Billy? No, unfortunately I didn't. Mm. I, I, I not uh, look at me, Louie. I was invited. Uh, mm-hmm. I just, I mm-hmm. couldn't make it. I had other obligations work wise, unfortunately. Was it a more look at me, Louie event that topped this food event? Is that what you're trying to like hide? No, from no, 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 okay. no. It's nothing okay. like that. I just legitimately off. had to work, but no, no. It's just that I, uh, I'm embarrassed that I had to say I was invited to something because you know, you know, sometimes you get the invite. Sometimes you're you're a hashtag influencer like Billy Gill. I was gonna. I think that what happened was Jeremy got the ticket, couldn't go, and he passed it on to Billy. That's the sense I'm getting right there. That Billy mm-hmm. wouldn't have been able to go unless you gave him that. Now, t- now, <laughs> now we're starting to pick up what I'm putting down. Mm-hmm. I, let me make it abundantly clear that's not the case. Okay. Listen, if you if if Miller Net, if Miller Light needs you, you know to to rep an event on behalf of the company. Yep. You know you're the young new face. You're the you know you're the uh-huh. voice in the face of the heat. Yeah, you get as it. well as you know Miller Light. You can kind of combine that a little bit, you know, kind of cross brand. You know, I think I think we could we have something there in the work. Uh, we have an ideas person here. Um, yeah, I think uh, Miller Light knows probably, more about this than I do. But yeah. Miller Light is probably so excited about how well I rep their company on those ad reads. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, mean, I heard it. I heard it like five times today. So yeah, I, I oh, could only man, assume it's brutal. <laughs> so Jer, I want to stick with. The sort of rule changes that have happened at MLB. Um, I think it's great that they've 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 made some of these changes. Do you think they're going to continue to be progressive, or like, uh, do you think they'll be able to tweak some stuff? Because there's a couple of things I look at some of the stuff that I think like this is going to eventually end poorly, like the pitch clock. Sometimes the batter just needs to step out and talk to the third base coach for 20 seconds, like. But there's no like timeouts on the offense, similar to how you have like hockey or in basketball. What do you think? You think MLB is going to be able to continue to be adaptive or are they throwing this out there and like, 
hopefully this solves all our ills and move forward. I think I'm really impressed with what they've done so far. And I know they did have some sort of self-assessment from how it's gone in spring. And their decision was essentially, we're going to leave everything as it's been because it has been really entertaining. There have been some flaws, but there's going to be flaws with, with any rule. Um, you know, the rules as, as presently constituted, people took advantage of. It's just that we were used to them, you know, there, right. and, and so I think that that's, there's going to be an adjustment period. My bet would be that five years from now, we won't think about these rules as anything other than just part of the game. Um, and I would bet that it's maybe there will be some adjustments this year, but there's a chance that the way that they they decide to go about it is, hey, look, these are the rules and we're going to run through this season with them. And we'll be willing to assess going into next year as well that, hey, here are the ways we can tweak it to make it better. Um, I think that MLB realizes that this is an important moment for them. Um, I, I do, I do think that they understand that they're, they're now in the phase of having to try to capture a new audience. And as they're doing it, these rules matter. Like the, the pace of the game matters, the competitive spirit of the game matters. And as they're, you know, creating this sort of new version of the game, but it's like, it's still the same game. Not, not that much has changed. If anything, it just feels in a lot of ways, watching it feels more like the game I grew up watching. Like, there's just more of a pace to the game, more guys with singles up the middle. It's awesome. Like, you know, and there's more stolen bases. And so I think, yes, they will adjust. Like, I, I kind of, God, though, I don't want to do it because I don't like Rob Manfred. But man, I'm, I might have to be like, hey, Rob, good job. And that sucks because what that guy fixed baseball that sucks i don't want that like ah i don't want to have to give him any credit and obviously not just him but man this is like it seems like there's a chance like this is this is really a good thing for baseball and i'm i'm super excited about it good job rob yeah i would agree i just i don't know i I feel like manfred's down or manfred as i call him is down but some of the owners still seem sort of against things that are growing the game and they're sort of standing in the way, you know, even as simple going back to what we were talking about earlier, you know, with world baseball classic people getting injured. Well, you know, Reese Hopkins for the Phillies got injured in a spring training game. You're going to get rid of spring Absolutely training. Absolutely. Like, right. It, like there's certain things you have to just get your head around. Look, owners understandably, man, like it's their investment and they're frustrated when their individual competitive investment takes a hit for the, 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 the greater good essentially right like because the world baseball classic is the ultimate like greater good event where building up all of these stars is good for all of the owners it's just like when your guy gets hurt or when your guy isn't the one that's marketed there's going to be an ego blow Mm -hmm. but it's only good for major league baseball that these guys continue to get built up in a way edwin diaz's star increased like he's going to come back next year and it's going to be like oh man yeah i remember that guy he's the one who got hurt during that game and i know his star increased so much last year but like a lot of people were watching all of this stuff and a lot of people cared i had way more people that don't give a shit about baseball Ask me about this Edwin Diaz thing. Like, what do you think about players playing in the World Baseball Classic? Then have asked me about a single Marlins game in a decade. Like, it's it's nuts. And so, so what I, do you I think about know. it? What do you what do you think about it? <laughs> the Edwin, Edwin Diaz, Diaz injury. Thing, huh? 
I think it happens, man. Like, mm. I, but I do. I, it's like, it's, it, it, and it's your point of like, Reese Hoskins got hurt in spring training, right? Like, those things are always going to happen. And I think that owners, like, going back to that part of it, there are always going to be some, some owners who, because of whatever their individual team circumstance is, don't want one rule change or another. Don't want, you know, one change of pace or another. Don't want one World Baseball Classic or another. That's always going to happen with selfish reasons. But on the whole, there's there's a weird way to argue that, like, baseball's always been a bit progressive thinking in terms of their league. Not necessarily in terms of, like, their ideology. But in terms of their league, you know, they they created sports streaming before anybody else bam tech is like a huge part of streaming in general like they've always sort of been ahead of the curve as as a as an organization and so of course their their mistakes are in not being ahead of the curve and understanding oh no we need to be able to tweak our sport and not really care about the numbers um and unfortunately baseball was always the sport where numbers mattered more um and so there was an understandable reason why baseball wasn't willing to tweak with their game but like to me i hope that five years from now we're like all on this podcast having this conversation and it's about like hey they've instituted the magic at bat and like what do you think of it because i i I really i genuinely hope that now once they like rip the band-aid off of like hey we're gonna legitimately like we're gonna we're gonna place some some sort of it's like it's almost like right the federal government or like states rights like it seems very silly but it's like all right federal government's decided like hey this is how we're doing it 20 seconds per pitch we've all actually got some rules on this rather than you guys all figuring it out yourselves right and so like there's this there's this emphasis on like MLBs stating their control and I hope that over the next decade they continue to do it to try to find find innovative ways to make the game more fun that no don't change the competitive nature of the game but yeah are gonna mess with the numbers and are gonna mess with the amount of at-bats certain guys get and are gonna mess with you know the tradition but that's okay like baseball can evolve and should evolve it's 2023 well said thanks so next we got to Jeanette who's got some sort of non-baseball more show-related questions um, to throw you off your game a little bit. Let's do it. Okay. So first of all, Jeremy, um, in honor of your podcast, what is something outside of work that has brought you joy this week? I love this question. Thanks. <laughs> um, oh God, that's difficult. Not that it's difficult to figure out things that bring me joy, but more it's, it's difficult to think of things that aren't work. Uh, I actually, you know what? I'll say it. I made myself dinner tonight and I'm mm. not much of a cook. Um, and I, there we, uh, Blue Apron is a thing. It's like mm -hmm. a food delivery service. I don't know if they're a sponsor of your lovely podcast here or No, but they else. can be if they would like to. They should be. Blue Apron uh, code Lauer. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, we had a Blue Apron meal and I am not, I'm not a cook. But I decided, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to pour myself a little little glass of wine and I'm going to try to do this. And so I had a glass of wine and I cooked myself a lovely pesto pasta. Wow. And honestly, it made me feel really good that I was capable of doing that. And I know that sounds ridiculous, 
uh, but I'm not much of a cook and I'm so these days I'm just so like on the run all the time from one thing to another work wise that I'm just I'm eating out a lot like I'm just I'm 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 ordering out and getting fried food or whatever it might be mm-hmm. and so to have oh man I, I'm gonna pause because beep beep got beep got what what i realized as soon as i said it and it's like what am i supposed to do here anywho uh ordering food to go from restaurants that's what i'm doing often anywho i'm gonna peter out now and you know it and you know it can't believe jazz doesn't do that with his dog come on jazz get on in That was so funny. That interview was, I was so uncomfortable. I loved it. It was great. It was perfect. Um, Yeah. So one of um, my first show related question would be, as Witty has now left, what is a favorite moment of his that was either on or off the air that you could, would like to share with us? Oh man, that's a wonderful question. Um, I'll say, so on the air, um, I found the moment where Witty corrected Jess on pregnancy to be the funniest thing I've ever witnessed in my entire life. Uh, Because it was just like in the moment, I was like, my man, what are you doing? And it was just so funny because it was so innocent. Like it was truly just out of the kindness of his heart of just like trying to make sure that all the right things were said. And he was spinning so many plates and I don't think he even realized. And it was just so wonderful and like just such a witty moment. And I there, there are so many great ones like he whatever he's he's spectacular at what he does. Um, but I will say off 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 mic off off show like. I'm incredibly appreciative of Chris Whittingham just as a human being because like he taught me how to audio edit. Like Witty, so like Witty started. You guys remember back when I was with um like Five Reasons Sports Network. I was originally like Witty was an original part of Five Reasons, and so when the podcast Swings and Mishes was was under the Five Reasons Sports Network, mm-hmm. like I went over to Witty's apartment. I'd never met him before. And I, I went over and he like showed me some things about Adobe Audition and like how to work podbean.com and set up our podcast. And like, like that was five, six years ago now. And it's pretty crazy because then, you know, our pads went different directions. We both went, did different things. We've, we'd see each other different places. And then when I first got hired with Meadowlark, it was now like, all right, Witty's going to sit me down and teach me how they edit this show. And it's like, it was pretty crazy to think that we went from like this thing that was like a startup podcast network in Miami to like doing that on like one of the biggest shows in America. Um, and it was just really special. And like, he's someone who is very kind and very patient and very like, like willing to, to help. Um, and so I'm like, I'm incredibly appreciative of him just as, as a person. Um, and it's cool. Cause like, he's still going to be around. Um, so it's not like we're not working with him at all. Um, but it's like, it, you know, as an executive producer, I'm, I'm appreciative of the fact that he was like, 
very cool with me also about the fact that like I do have another job and so it's difficult sometimes with scheduling and he's just he's a good guy and so I'm 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 appreciative of him and it's it's been a blast working with him like I'm I'm sad that it's not going to be on a more daily basis quitty yeah quitty <laughs> Chris quitting him um my second show related question so last week amin brought up in comparison to the air movie something similar with the show and when we did ltc last week i stated that your brother could play mike ryan during the jorts um era (laughs) of mike ryan and i said you're playing i said justin timberlake is playing you obviously oh thank you so i I have so i have some other um castings so of course, uh, Danny would play Dan. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, Stu, not Clooney, but Daniel Day Lewis, because <laughs> that would drive him crazy, and it Perfect. might end up killing Daniel Day Lewis if he has yeah, to trying do- to method act. Daniel Dead, Day Stu is dead oh, shows lacrosse mitzvahs. That's a, just a good idea, Daniel Day Stu <laughs> Greg Cody, you not Tom that. Cruise, but Gary Oldman, just for the joke of Gary Oldman. <laughs> Perfect. And then I want to work in Meryl Streep in somewhere. Uh And I don't know. I kind of want Meryl Streep to play Christine Lisi. And then Abby. No. And then she gets nominated for an Oscar for just the um, when she would just just do the show breaks on ESPN. Like there's a kazoo in the background and she's giving some factoid and calling Dan fat. And I, I just basically want a cast that will drive Stu crazy. Have I achieved it? I, I think you have. I mean, if you get Meryl Streep and Daniel Day Lewis in there, I think you, you have absolutely uh, cooked up the right recipe to make Stu absolutely furious. Yeah, and Could, today I was trying to work up like Gwyneth Paltrow, how she would have an association. <sighs> Maybe she's like an es, like an amorphous ESPN person, mm-hmm. like that was one of the babysitters like that would come down. Anchor. Yeah, <laughs> she plays Sedona. Yeah. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Who, perfect. Well, if we're trying to, if the aim here is to make Stu like annoyed, like Chris Paul has acting experience through, you know, the, these insurance commercials, right? So yep. could we throw him in there possibly to play somebody? Not in my Tony. movie. Okay. Chris Paul plays Roy? Nah, he'll play Tony. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Real and Katie no. plays Roy. No. Real Hoopers, no. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. <laughs> Um, and then my final question, we'll close out with a baseball question, is how excited are you to see Sandy, the reigning NL Cy Young champion, take it to the next level with your Marlins? I mean, he I can't wait. Like he is um, he's so fun to watch and he's so fun to watch compete. That's like the bigger thing. So it's like there's some guys who it's amazing to watch them play because you know, they've got a sinker that's or a splitter that's 93 miles an hour and it's just like crazy to watch them pitch or they've got a sweet swing. But what it is about Sandy that, that makes him so unique is is that he's still like one of like I've got the the shirt, the El Caballo uh, Sandy shirt that they gave out for, El for Sandy's Beach. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> yes, uh, he he is a workhorse like he is a bulldog he is all those things that you refer to in in old school pitchers 
um, that they don't really make that much anymore. And he's like, he's a competitive maniac. <laughs> I, I, and all, I think I need to, gosh, I probably should get on this because opening day is right around the corner. Uh, one of the things that we did at Marlins Media Day was I played rock, paper, scissors with yes. everybody. And so, um, hold on, I'm going to cough real quick. Sorry about that. Um, so I played rock, paper, scissors with everybody. And Sandy was so competitive over this game of rock, paper, scissors mm-hmm. with me that he made us, instead of just doing, like, for the camera, rock, paper, scissors, shoot. He said, no, we can't do that. Put your hands underneath, like, behind your back in the chair. And on the count of three, we'll both pull something out so that you can't see what I'm doing. And I'm like, my guy. This is not that serious, but he is that competitive to where I was like, oh, no, you're to- you're totally serious. Like, you do not want to lose this. And he bet me his entire salary. He said, I'll bet you all my money that I win this game of rock, paper, scissors and then instituted those rules and then beat me. Yes, And it was did. amazing. It was amazing. And mm. I-, I mean, he really is just uh, he really is just uh, a competitive guy on another level who. I'm excited because he's still entering his prime. Like mm-hmm. he's not he's not of the age of someone who who is not ready to continue to improve and and look, do I think that there's a chance that that statistically, you know, last year he was so unbelievable. Could he take a step back statistically sure? But do I think he's going to be anything less than like a true true ace? Absolutely not. I expect unbelievable things from him this year. And much like Jazz, he has the uh they want to be that new generation, the new face of the league, the face of the team represent Miami. And that's something that you always um, you want to see in your stars. For sure. And like Sandy in particular, it's so special because he's not someone who spoke English when he first came into the league. And he's out here doing press conferences all the time, saying things that are like. It's cool the amount of confidence he's carrying him, carrying himself with in a second language to the media. That's not easy. Um, that's not like you have to be supremely confident to be able to do so. Um, and he doesn't do it ever in a way that comes across as cocky. He's just confident. Um, and it's special to have a couple of guys like that on each side of the ball who like really do want to be the guy, right? Because like, that's half the makeup of a superstar is like, do they actually want it, right? Like we talk about it on, everybody makes a whole thing of it. I believe he does, but everybody makes a whole thing of it in basketball with the heat with Bam. Like does Bam want to be the guy? And we go back and forth all the time. I believe he does. Mike Ryan believe he doesn't. Amin believes he doesn't. But on this side of it with the Marlins, like, Sandy and Jazz both are people who like they want to be the guy. They want to be up in the big situations. They want to pitch entire games. They're two guys who want all the smoke. <laughs> like that's it's the reality. And it's it's cool to have guys like that on your team. It's gonna be so fun in two years when the Yankees trade for him. I hate you. <laughs> Honestly. Oh. So we're gonna continue with some NL East chat and throw it out to Mayor. Thank you. Uh, Jeremy, thank you for your time. By the way, Stephen Root is going to play Greg Cody. I mean, he's a dead ringer, uh-huh. so it's not a big deal. <laughs> wow. Um, regarding the wow. rule changes, just another thing I want to hit on that is that you can't change the rules once the season starts. I, I just think you can't change the rules midway. The only rule that really has me angry is the pickoff move to first base. I think oh, you're I like you're, it. 
You do. Well, I, I, again, mm-hmm. I, I know that they want to get more running in the game, but I mean, if you're really limiting that, I mean, what's going to happen? You know, after you take the maximum amount of, of throws to first base, I mean, you're to me, there's a competitive balance there that's just a bit of an issue. I, I get the I get the problem, and for those who don't know the the intimacies of the rule, it's you can throw over to a base twice in an at bat. Um, and once you've done that the third time, if you throw over to get the runner and he's safe, it's a balk and the runner takes the next base. Uh, if you get him, obviously he's out. Um, for me, what, what I like about that is it, it sets up stakes, right? So it's like, I, I talk about it a lot. I think the most exciting thing in baseball is not a home run. I think it's a stolen base. Um, I think that there, there's, there's no feeling in a stadium that's cooler then when a guy gets on first and everybody in the stadium knows, oh man, he's probably going to try to take off. And so everybody's on the edge of their seat waiting for what that bang, bang play is going to be, right? So not only are you putting base runners in a position where, yes, they're now increasing the likelihood that these guys are willing to steal, but also after two throws over, all of a sudden, you have another thing where there's stakes, so people are, are are watching attentively, going, "Oh man, if he throws over, it, it, this is this is a base or not? Like th- essentially, it's like a stolen base." And so, I, realistically, like I get it, especially with lefties. Like I think of someone like Andy Pettit, who was such a master of the balk move and like everything that came with being that level of like crafty lefty and 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 toying with guys at first base. I, my hope is that a version of that can still exist and that yes we're going to be dealing with an adjustment as people who watch a lot of baseball we're going to be dealing with an adjustment for a year or two but hopefully there comes an age where it's like oh no we're just used to it now like yeah you can't go over more than three times and and realistically like how often if someone's going over more than three times, how often is that really fun to watch? And how often is that a pitcher that's clearly stalling, waiting for a guy to warm up in the bullpen? You know, like sometimes you're right. There's going to be moments where, yeah, you know what? A little bit of that gamesmanship that we all love is sort of messed with, right? Like it's going to happen. Someone pointed out that that last at bat between Trout and Otani in the world baseball classic, like, Every one of those pitches would have been violations of the 22nd rule. So is there a way that the drama and the gamesmanship changes? Maybe. But also, like, if it played out with 20 seconds in between, who knows? It still might have been just as impactful. So I get that there's good, there's always going to be examples of things that fall short here. Um, but hopefully, the the general is, you know, more 70% is good and 30% is bad. Right. Like I'll, I'll accept those odds. Sure. All right. So show related question, then an NL East uh, related question. You know, so many of the guys, uh, people in the shipping container have got a bias uh, against David Sampson for his time in Miami. Uh, having not been down there, I'm I'm almost exactly the same age as he is. I make no apologies. I'm a fan of David Sampson's. Do you have that same uh, tainted background of David and do you see any possibility that there will be some kind of at least on-air kinship or friendship or positive conversations that will come of him being on board? Uh, it's a good question. Um, <clears throat> I 
have a similar experience oh. with David Sampson. Um, I, yeah, it was a fine. Uh, I have a, a similar experience as everybody else in that I am a Marlins fan. I grew up down here. I am someone who loves baseball with my whole heart. And so to watch him and his father-in-law rip apart a whole bunch of teams and, you know, take advantage of the taxpayers. And and I'm not like I'm not from Miami. I'm from Fort Lauderdale. So it wasn't me technically that he took advantage of. Um, but I don't like it. Um I don't like shrewd business like that, though. That's also an element of this, just like as a grown adult now. I also just don't like that attitude. Um, I don't like the like, it's just business, nothing personal thing. Um, David, I, uh, that being said, I've had n- nothing but like relatively positive interactions with him one on one. But that's also because like, I went to elementary school with his daughter when we were really little. <laughs> um, and so like I know her and he might have yeah, he might have even said it the other day. So like there's like a different thing there where we've like kind of know each other and because of that. Um but like I would say this to him. I've said it like I'm not a fan. <laughs> I'm not like uh I'm not stoked about a lot like pretty much all of his views I disagree with. Um, there's a few things obviously that, that he, and I appreciate like politically, oftentimes he weirdly is actually on the right side of a lot of issues that, and I could appreciate the thought there. Um, but on, on, on like sports and business, like I disagree on almost everything that he thinks about everything. And so it's difficult for me and, and the way he goes about talking about it can often rub me the wrong way. Um, but that being said, like I'm, I'm understanding of the fact that God, he is a content fountain, and um, I know that that you know he he wants to work hard. I don't know. It's like a I I don't have like strong enough opinions. I'm not like super 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 opinionated on it, and yeah, I have like the same negative opinion as everybody else because of everything that's happened. But also, like I don't really know the guy. Like, you know, I don't know. I, being a Braves fan, I guess I can kind of liken it to if John Capalella or Frank Wren were doing a podcast, I guess I would just be tainted from that too. So I understand. Uh, yeah. But he did bring you a World Series in that stadium. You had a great time in a couple of weeks ago. Um, I don't think you were complaining about the taxpayer funding of that then either. Hey, we'll man, move on though. I'll, I'll say I, I appreciate, I always have appreciated that stadium um, in terms of like having a stadium, but there was no need for for the way they did it you know what i mean like there i get i get it on a lot of different levels that that's how it works with major league baseball that's how it works with all these different leagues in terms of like and and that's so often the explanation and that's kind of what i hate (laughs) is like well that's just how it goes and i think that's bullshit like i think like the that's just how it goes mentality on like things that are bad is not okay like and so not that's not a representative of like the conversation we're having right now but that's just more like in that general mindset from the business perspective especially with like that's kind of the general justification of like most of david's arguments is like well that's just how it is and it's like well okay but could you go a step beyond could you think a little critically about like how that could change and why it could change for the better you know um and that's not necessarily for him to always do. He's there to provide 
just the reality of it, right? Like it's up to us to be able to then bring that out of him or or bring that to the to the the interview ourselves. Um, at least that's how I view it. Um, so that's something hopefully I'll I'll get to do at some point. <laughs> All right, NL East. I think we both agree the Washington Nationals are going to be in the cellar uh, by a long right. shot. They're they're really working hard to do that. How? What are your thoughts on where the Marlins end up? I think. Obviously, most people are going to think, well, they're going to be the fourth place team. But how do you see, is there any chance they're going to be able to keep pace with the other big three in there? And how do you see Braves, Phillies, and Mets kind of shaking out and what role the Marlins play in that? Their, their, their pitching staff scares the heck out of me and has for years. As a Braves fan, it reminds me of the early 90s. Yeah, so they're... It stinks, right? Because like the the reality is, is the Marlins could improve by 15 games this season, which would be a remarkable improvement. Get them to like about 500, maybe even over 500, and they could still finish fourth. Like that's how good this division is. And now with the the even schedule, there's even a greater chance of, you know, they don't play each other as often. So like the Marlins could have a a statistically better record and still not really penetrate to where they need to within the division um do i think there's a chance that the marlins could string together an 85 win season that gets them a second wild card yeah i don't think that's impossible um i think that everything would have to go right everybody would have to stay healthy the entire pitching staff would have to stay healthy all the guys that they're projecting to continue to improve like Jesus Lazardo and Edward Cabrera on the mound need to legitimately be the guys that we saw in the second half of the season um jazz would need to be everything that we expect him to be at the very least a 25 25 guy if not a 30 30 type of guy um Aviseo Garcia and Jorge Soler would have to be at least 80% of what their <laughs> average pl- year is right if you can get something out of Garcia like hitting 265 with 18 homers and 60 ribbies and Soler can hit 30 homers and hit 220 you know if if those guys in the middle of the lineup can just be that and I know that's not that's nothing crazy then between Luis Arias and Jazz Chisholm and Gene Segura and Joey Wendell and John Birdie and all of these guys who do like these little things around them, there's a chance they could piece together something that's really fun and is a wild card team. There's also a chance that <laughs> they can't do that, that those guys are what they were last year, that God forbid any of the pitchers end up getting hurt, um, that Jazz can't stay healthy, right? Or the center field experiment doesn't work the way that they anticipate it working, that playing multiple guys out of position in Gene Segura at third base and Luis Arias at second, who is a second baseman, but has played some first base playing Soler in the outfield, playing jazz in the outfield, playing Wendell at short. You know, these are all guys who are, are, are going to need to step up to be, to have it all go right the way that, that they, they hope it will. I tend to be optimistic um, because I do think that a lot of these guys are, are really good ball players. I do think that, um, Joey Wendell's supposed to be the everyday shortstop. I think that ends up turning into more of a split between him and John Birdie because I think John Birdie needs to be in the Smarlins lineup for the type of team they've created. And I know that is some niche baseball stuff an hour into this that is like really niche Marlins. But I just love John Birdie. Uh, I love watching that guy play. And, you know, there's a chance that they have a really fun year. But when you look at the rest of the NL East, it's hard to predict they'll be better than anyone. Um I do think there's a chance that the Phillies slip 
just after Reese Hoskins got hurt and Harper's missing so much of the year. And I know they picked up Trey Turner, and my goodness, that guy. I mean, he's unbelievable. He's unbelievably fun to watch. I can't my wait to God. watch him play. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's a good limited fake. Um, but to 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 watch him play in Philly is going to be fun. But like, is there a chance that that they just sort of got hot at the right time and like they didn't really they were the they were the sixth seed. Like, could they just kind of not really put it together again like they did for the first four months of last year? Yeah, that's totally possible. So could the Marlins finish as like the third best team in the division? Maybe. Um, but it's hard to believe that when you look at the Braves and the Mets that they have any shot at the actual division. Those two teams are so great. Um, even with what's happened with Edwin Diaz, um, the Mets are a really, 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 really good team. And the Braves are, I mean, the fact that they've done it again where they have another one of these teams that you expect to be good for a decade just shows like what a special organization. Honestly, I'm, I'm jealous of it as, as a Marlins fan. Like there's the level of consistency is, is spectacular. I appreciate your time. And uh, I'm also a big fan of what you brought to the shipping container. So thanks again for your time. Thank you. And so let's just continue and put you on the spot a little bit. What's your prediction for the world series? Or even the championship series and then the World no, Series. No, I love this. I like this question because I knew you were going to ask it. And I just <laughs> want to tell you what I want. I'm not telling you what I... It's like not what I think. I want the Seattle Mariners to play the San Diego Padres in the uh, World Series. San Diego, come on. Oh, my God. I would love every second of it. What San Diego's disgusting. doing is awesome. No. It's awesome. What they've no. done is amazing. Gross. I understand the Dodgers fans don't like it. <sighs> I understand this is not my audience. But what they've done investing as a small market team, as a team that's supposed to handle things the way that like the Marlins and the Orioles and all these other teams do. I understand. Hey, you you put your quotations around small market. I feel the same way. I don't think that that Miami is a small market. And yet here we are with San Diego and Miami acting like small market teams. One way or another, it's how they normally operate. And the fact that they're not, the fact that they're, according to David Sampson, hemorrhaging money to do this is awesome. I think that's awesome. I think what they're doing is amazing. And with Seattle, Julio Rodriguez, I hope, has an MVP-level season. And I just absolutely love their pitching rotation. Like, Logan Gilbert and George Kirby and and Luis Castillo. Like, those are the, all three of those dudes are so fun to watch pitch. And, like, we don't get to do it because they're in Seattle. So nobody, like, it's not paid attention. The unknown time zone. Yeah. (laughs) So what actually happened is that last year, I just watched a bunch of West Coast Apple TV games on Friday nights because Katie Nolan was on the games. And they did a few Seattle games. And I was just like, all right. Yeah, like this is this is Yeti's team. I know he's a huge fan of the Mariners. And I was just like, yeah, man, these guys rock. Like, they're fun. And I hope it's it's fun when you see teams that – that are trying really hard to do something like they invested in this off season. The Padres invested in this off season. They're trying to take advantage of windows that they have. And I, I hope that they both succeed. So that's, I, it's a ratings nightmare, uh, but I'm hoping it's Seattle and San Diego. <laughs> yeah, and, who, I, and, who, I, and who wins in your hypothetical world series, Seattle? Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Why not? Uh, I don't think I'm going to be right. Like I, I'm, I'm throwing this out there, knowing very well that if you bring this back, I'm probably not going to be right. 
but I hope I am because if both of these teams maximize what they can be, they'll both be like generationally fun teams to watch. Like that's we'll what it is. Back if you, if, if you're right. Yeah. If I'm right, then clip it back. If I'm yeah. not, then I Look, have trash it. I'll get rid of it. Yeah. Just get rid of it. Delete the entire episode. I just think, you know, San Diego's be more fun if they explode than if they actually succeed, I think. Nah, see, like, how could we, how could we root for that? Like, why why would you root for, for look how good they could be? You know, I mean, like, I get it. Rogue, I get it. Rogue Barbers, Ringworm, nobody knows when that's going to hit. No, don't don't get me wrong. <laughs> don't get me wrong. The Fernando Tatis Jr. stuff is... Riding, is, riding on an unauthorized vehicle when you're he's a, a multi-million dollar baseball player who would ever do such not, things why not the best idea time to get reckless idea. and it's yeah. also it's i mean it's not like you're a nepo baby and you like don't know anything about major leagues and contracts and money like fr- like totally just like no clue whatsoever as far but as they contracts also, and taking care of yourself totally but give him the benefit of the doubt every single time but they have Juan soto he's so fun they're, they're gonna be that's so That's Tony's fun. guy. That's his yeah, guy. Tony's guy. <laughs> the Blue Jays are more fun. The Blue Jays are fun. And I, I go about I, the hey, other forbidden time zone. I, I hope and and I'm I'm not I don't think I'm like I love the Blue Jays and I would think it would be awesome if if they, I like Alec Manoa so much. Like I love watching that guy pitch. Like I would love if the Blue Jays had a great year. There's a bunch of teams like that, right? Where there's a bunch of teams with fun young players that you just hope achieve something. Like, again, that's why, like, man, it'd be awesome if the Marlins were good enough to at least hang around around the wild card because then people would be paying attention to Jazz and Sandy and what they're doing. Yeah, when Alec, when Alec was uh, mic'd up during the All-Star game, that really showed the kind of character he is. I wish more games had more players mic'd up the entire time because I think that right there would bring in a new subset of fans. I 1,000% agree with you. I've been saying, like, as much as any... I, I feel like I have old tweets about it, probably, that, like, absolutely players should be mic'd up, like, all it. the time. Like, Especially and they should Boston. be... They should be speaking to the broadcasters all freaking game long. And I understand, like, maybe it can be the type of thing where it's a cutoff after five innings where now the mic'd up goes to, like, a bullpen guy or something like that or or a starting pitcher who just pitched a couple days ago so clearly isn't going to come into the game because I, I get it. Down the stretch of the game, guys want to focus, and it's it shouldn't be taken differently in the first inning than in the, the eighth inning or whatever, but, but it is. And so I can understand if they want to do some things to limit it, but to me, having players mic'd up all game long in a game like this where there is some time to kind of mess around like it 1000 percent increases star power increases everything like i love it i agree with you completely all they and have totally. to do is put in a, a an alternate feed right so you have the home feed you have the away feed you have the radio you have the other radio yep. all you need is the player feed and that's mm-hmm. it mlb.tv will solve that problem right there as long as they could because i think it should just be like not even with a broadcaster then like you should just have dudes mic'd up so like to me, I think the best way if we really want to like if we really want to go down this rabbit hole, the coolest way that you could do this would be to mic up every single player yep, on the entire team and just have like a, a truck that's deciding whose audio is up at what time. And 
they have it on a 30 second delay so that that way they're not doing it live right you're watching this as something that yeah you understand that there's a delay but you're getting really unique access exactly and 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 look there's like a mutual agreement between the production side and the team like look we're not going to make you look bad but we're giving you now like this is what a player who's just standing at shortstop all inning is saying to himself to, to to his teammate whatever it might be and if you put it on enough of a delay theoretically it, it can't at all impact what you know the other team sees in terms of like you know cheating and stuff like that so i'm i'm into this let's explore all of it I agree totally. So now we're going to go a little uh, irreverent here and throw it out to Drake. He's got a top five he wants to talk to you about. Hey, Jeremy, what's going on, man? Um, what's so up? kind of uh, on the the topic of baseball, kind of trying to add to the late or add to our 90s baseball uh, fandom and, and getting – fans back into the game the cool thing that i've seen lately so the two big announcements with the marlins and the rays bringing back the throwback jerseys um so i have a little top five list of of my uh throwback jerseys Um, i'm excited this is good so i have you gotta you gotta start out with the oli of course but i so i have an ooli because these these two aren't which to my knowledge, I don't think they've used them. Um, they could have, but I'm not sure. So first OOLI is Montreal Expos. The the Nationals Perfect. certainly certainly don't lean into that enough. Um and they they should. Um and then also uh shout out to Jeanette, the LA Angels. They should lean into the Angels of the outfield that era because those yeah. those unis those unis were sweet the the um, the like california angels era yeah the vest oh, the gray yeah. vest with the navy sleeves uh-huh. that uh that could could definitely bring back some nostalgia um and then so true oli um the diamondbacks the purple teal the luis gonzalez randy yes, johnson yeah. era um number five we have the Marlins teal and black that they're All bringing right. back back finally. Hopefully, what are what are your thoughts? You think they should switch back to those primarily? I, I I mean, like everybody loves those. I love those. I think it's really cool that they're doing every Friday night. I'll I'll take that for now, and I'll see how that feels because like I know they're also going to work in the Sugar Kings uniforms on home Saturdays for the most part, mm. and so like the idea that they essentially are going to have like Marlins jerseys, Sugar King jerseys, and the throwbacks, I kind of like that. There's a whole bunch of different things, so I might like that there's a rotation enough to where I don't want the full throwbacks coming back. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm obsessed with them. I love them. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then number four is the, the rays, the Navy purple lime green going back to the yeah. devil rays. Those, those things are, they're sweet, man. Um, the, the Ichiro days when, when yep. he was early on with them, um, three, uh, uh mayor Matt's going to be mad at me for only having them at three. Cause we're, we're both Braves guys, but the, the Hank Aaron era, the, the Braves, the Royal, the Royal blue main with the, with the uh-huh. red side those are classic for sure i gotta say by the way that i think that the i'm really disappointed in the the new um 
what is it? The City Connect, the Brave the, City, City Connect jerseys. Yeah. Cuz I I think that like they're just way too similar to those Braves throwbacks that like yeah. I get I get what they were trying to do and that they're like the whole premise of it is that they're paying tribute to Hank Aaron, which I think is right. super cool. Like I think the reasoning behind it is awesome. But the the design kind of fell short to me because it just felt like an alternate version of an already alternate jersey that you already had. So at, for the Braves who could do so many cool things, I was just like, ah oh, man, I wish it was just a little bit cooler. But the, yeah. these throwbacks, those throwbacks you're mentioning are like, yeah, they're the best. It also should have been a C on there because they play in Cobb County, not Atlanta. But good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then number two is a jo- number two is a joint kind of a joint uh, combination. So I put in just all the sky blues. So the Royals, the Twins, the yes. Phillies, all the, the Bo Jackson, all the all the top and bottom light blue. Those yeah. are those are all prime. Terrific. Um, Absolutely. So. And then number one, it's more of the logo compared compared to the jerseys, but the Milwaukee Brewers, the old school MB logo with the glove, like to me that's that's the all time baseball logo that, that cannot be topped. One thousand percent. That's the best logo. Like that's it's one of the coolest designs, like ever. Um, and I I'm a, I've always been a huge fan of it. Uh, the jerseys are like fine, but I think you're totally right that that logo allows it to take the cake. And I yeah, those all those baby blue ones are some of my favorites. I I really like. There's like a there's an alternate uh, Giants jersey that's like an off white. Um, yeah. That, that it's like sort of intended to be a throwback, but it's not even really a throwback. And I don't know if it is or not. And then the only other one I would have included if I were you was the, uh, and, and they still wear them now also is the, the Kelly green, uh, Oakland A's like throwbacks to the seventies. Those are like my, that's like a top tier. One of my favorites. Yeah. They're the A's yellow ones are sweet too. Oh yeah, Ricky, exactly. Ricky yeah. Henderson days. Oh. The A's the A's okay. got some the A's have some, some fun ones. Com- they got some combos for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, and then kind of to to recap all that, so a lot of people like on Twitter and stuff, the old heads are they're complaining about like MLB doing doing all this and like comparing it to the NBA to where they're like, Oh, you you should have a home and away jersey. So, like, have you seen or heard anything like on how, like, how you think that'll that'll transition? Does that have any kind of aspect, or you think the the league's kind of figuring out like, hey, we need to move forward from that that yeah, idea? I think they are trying to just make as many options as possible. Do I think that's also a bit of a money grab? Sure. Having five jerseys, like, yeah, right. of course, because now you're giving people more options to buy jerseys. On the same token, it's more options of cool designs for the most part. Like, that's better than just having two crappy jerseys and saying, all right, you know, here, go for it. Um, I think it's awesome. Like, I look at the Marlins in particular. Their Sugar Kings jersey and their throwback Marlins jersey are going to be their two most successful selling jerseys, right? Like, people love this stuff. And so fans are getting more of an opportunity to get the stuff that they like on the field. I don't see why they'd ever do anything not to to keep that consistent. It's also like, because it's different in, so like the NBA, for example, like, you have to change your floor if your jersey no longer matches 
right. right? So like the Lakers have an yeah. alternate floor when they have their like light blue jerseys. The yeah. Heat have an alternate floor for their mashup jersey. Like it's a whole thing. With baseball, right. you can wear any color. It doesn't make a difference. A baseball field, it's it's green and it's brown. And that's it. Sure. You know, it's like there's nothing's changing. Um, and so as a result, I think wearing a whole bunch of different things, it doesn't make a difference as long as they're cool designs and they're not doing it a cheap way, which it, it doesn't seem like they are. Like sometimes the designs aren't perfect, but these City Connect jerseys have been great. The throwbacks are great. Like you said, the Rays and the Marlins now get throwbacks that their fans are going to love. Uh, I don't see anything wrong with it personally. I've got a problem with your list, Drake. The Astros. Yeah, sunburst, I see it. I, how did that not even make your O O O L I? You're right. That's a good I, one. That's fraud. A good one. I see it. I see it fraud. in the chat, and and that's that's rightfully fraud. that's rightful shit that's thrown my way. That's <laughs> that should have been included for sure. But those those jerseys are are sweet for sure. So I'm 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 getting the rust off. Give me a break. <laughs> Welcome back, big guy. Thank you, man. Back to you, Ant. Yeah. Well, this has been fun, Jeremy. We've got a couple of folks that want to just uh, jump on and and say a few things. Go ahead, Pam. Hi, Jeremy. I just hey. popped on to say hello. Um, I stayed up way past my bedtime just to have the opportunity to say hello to you. So. It's so wonderful to see you, and I'm so glad that you did stick around. That was very nice of you, and thanks for staying up. This is so nice. You know, to get to hear you talk baseball, well, to get to <laughs> talk baseball again, it's been fun. So I was thought I could. I will say it, it. It always it makes my day to to and makes my week and month and everything to to be here and like hang out with you guys because. Uh, you know, this is, uh, I've been doing this for a long time with you guys. Like, it's pretty cool that we've been doing these podcasts for like, what, three years? Like three I, years, three years, a long yeah. time. It's pretty crazy. So I don't know. It's always, it's always fun for me to see all of your faces. Bro, if this made your month, you got to step your month up. <laughs> I mean, it's been a good month. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna front. It's been good. Things it's have been, been a March. Happening. It's been a march. It's been a march. Little little uh, promotion at the show too, you know, a little upgrade from the table to an actual de- to the actual desk. So not, you know, uh, we'll see how often that's the case. It's just because people aren't there. I get to sub mm-hmm. in. No, nah, I. Uh, it, it has been really fun. Like the last couple of weeks have been cool because um, I feel like I've I I have had like an opportunity to to talk a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. which has been part of the show now, man. Like, thanks. Yeah, it's nuts. real fruit old, right? So yep. weird. Um, I'm I'm having a lot of fun, and working with everybody is a blast. Um, I mean, yeah, it's like it's the best group uh to work with. So it's been really fun for me, and like you guys know, I'm a gigantic fan of the show. So to be able to like contribute and like. Man, there's like I realized already that like my favorite thing is is I think one of my, like my favorite thing that I will get I get to do is sometimes sitting in that that like weird little desk area that I have feeding Billy a joke to feed to Stu or Greg. It's like, <laughs> oh man. And then when that telephone actually works and it gets said and it's like a good punctuation, it's the best feeling it's so good tiger woods so, fist pump in the on the corner back there huh? oh yeah you'll see it you see it happen you see it happen i did it today i think today i fist pumped on something because i gave something ability to give to Stu. 
Um, oh, but like man. I said it to Billy and he like looked at me like, oh man, that one's bad. You say it. And I was like, I don't want to say it. And he's like, all right, I'll give it to Stu. Like it's covering that, your that, face. <laughs> yeah. you, you, so, so when you guys watch the YouTube, if you, if you see like, it, you'll see that interaction happen. It's something like that. Um, I love yeah. watching you watch Chris Cody just absolutely oh, kill it today on the board. Dude, I it was, it was spectacular. Oh, it was awesome. Well, it was fun also because then like obviously once once there's a couple mistakes, then it's all right, we're sinking into it. So it was like every opportunity I got, I'm yelling at him, Hey, play get off my plane again. My you know? God. It's perfect. It's oh, yeah. It's uh t- today was fun. Like it's Chris did a great job. Well, Jeremy, as always, we appreciate you very much. Um, on three, can I get a thank you, Jer Bear, from everybody in the in the chat? One, two, three. Thank you, Jer 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 The off chants are just the best. Like none of you being on sync with each other is a is a staple of this, and I love it. Absolutely. Well, again, Jeremy, thank you. Um, everybody, you can go out and follow Jeremy on Twitter, on Instagram, all the usual places. Um, the Bally Sports uh, Miami for a fire for a little bit longer. Um, I'd like to, again, this is Ann Brooklyn. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Matt, out in Cartersville. Beep, out in Albuquerque. Pow, Jeanette, and Jeff in the LA area. Schweitz up in Canada, Pam down in Virginia, and Drake in South Carolina. Thank you and have a good night. And Jeremy in the place that shall not be named. Oh, yeah. That too. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of Lauer After Hours. You can always reach us on Twitter at Lauer After Hours or Instagram at Lauer After Hours. We're available wherever you get podcasts, so don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars.